0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network. Good evening everybody, Steve here for another nutters call in. We are going to be talking about the Artur Beterbiev versus Anthony Yard fight which is taking place tomorrow evening over in the Wembley Arena. Uh who's uh, Artur Beterbiev 18 and 0, 18 knockouts, Anthony Yard 23 and 2, not sure how many knockouts he's got, but it's quite a few anyway. This is a unified world light heavyweight title extravaganza all three belts in the possession of Beterbiev IBF WBC and WBO will be on the line in Wembley tomorrow evening Saturday the 28th of January only one person joining me on the call so far but it's a big name big personality he's trying to get an 18 wheel out the car park at the moment how's it going Justin aka the North Carolina Assassin
1: It is not going well right now we are sitting in a parking lot at a high school in South Carolina and I can't move. So I'm talking to you because I can't move.
0: He can't move everybody. It's four o'clock over there at the moment where Justin is located. He's trying to get out and he's on the call with the Nutters. God bless him. If anybody else wants to jump on, if you're listening in live, show me a message in the chat. Shoot us a message if you want to, or a question, or a comment, or we'll jump on the call if you wish. Big fight tomorrow night. Then Justin, obviously, not as big over in the states as we wait for the year to kind of ramp up a bit and the, the fights to be announced on the PBC, DAZN, ESPN, etc. I get. I guess you're going to be able to watch this on the ESPN tomorrow evening. Initial thoughts on Baturbeev against Yard? Is it is it getting the pulse racing there over in North Carolina? I mean, everybody
1: likes to see Baturbeev fight, so I guess that would get the pulse racing. But I don't know. I mean, it's one of those deals. Like you know what's going to happen. I mean, I don't think – I mean, could Yard land a crazy punch? I guess. But, I mean, you all kind of know what's going to happen. So, it, those fights always kind of lose a little lose a little thrill from them when you know pretty much that you're just wondering what round he's going to knock him out in. But everybody likes to see Baturbiya fight. So, yeah. I mean, I'm excited just to watch him fight. And I guess it's cool for everybody over at England to get to see him fight live because, I mean, I'm sure he doesn't have a lot of fights left in him. So I mean, it's good if you get to go see him live because I'm sure he's only got a few left because he just keeps getting hurt or something happens. So yeah, it's cool. I mean, I'm it's good to see yard. I mean, you got to give yard credit. He went to go fight Kovalev. He's fight. I mean, he's fight. He. I mean, he gets into the fight. He wants to, but he's just mm-hmm. not good enough.
0: Yeah, I suppose he's got a puncher's chance, but he's up against the ultimate puncher. At the end of the day, um, Justin, um, do you think that he could land something? I mentioned a few weeks ago that he has—he's he's a banger, but at a certain level, he's never fought at the Turbiev's level. I think one of the things that you mentioned there, injuries. We saw Baterbiev against Marcus Bray. Whenever he got cut, the blood was pissing down his face. That just spurred him on even more. I don't think injuries are going to be in a factor short term in this fight, but long term they might be. But if Yard lands on him the way Callum Johnson did, you never know. But the stamina, I think, Justin is a problem as as we saw in the Kovalev fight for him.
1: Yeah, I mean, Yard, he looks, I mean, of course, when he looks in the mirror, he looks like, you know, okay, he looks like a bodybuilder, but that doesn't work in boxing. When you're that huge. Your muscles need all that oxygen and everything to work. When you're that big, you just don't have great stamina. Yeah, like, it's just you you don't last like the whole fight. And so yeah. AJ. He has he has to land him really, he has to land quick in the first few rounds. If it goes past a few rounds, it's over. I mean, I think it's over anyway, but it's a hundred percent over if it goes past four or five rounds because yard, there's no way he's gonna have anything left past that. So he has to come out, in my opinion, and he, go for it because yeah, his best shot is the first couple of rounds. After that, there's no way he's done. He's done.
0: Uh, just quickly, Justin, before we move on to the other guys, in case we lose you there out in the out in the world west, what? Or the world east, rather. What have you predicted on the prediction league? Uh, what have you officially put in for?
1: Well, Steve, I have decided I am not doing the prediction league right now. <laughs> no. Well, so the, so the simple fact is, is that it took all the enjoyment out of actually watching boxing. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to hate. It did. I was like, because I'm rooting for guys that I can't stand. I'm like, oh my god, like I hate. There's some guys, you know, you just hate. It. I'm like, man, come on. I want this guy to last eight rounds. But inside, you're like, I wish you would just get killed the first round. And then you sit there like, the over under, and like, if he's going to go six, and is this guy? I like to root for who I like to root for, and I just like, I want to see it happen. I don't. I just, yeah. I mean, that's just me. That's why I kind of gave up at the end of the last one. I was like, you know what? I'm just throwing some random picks out. I say, because I will the underdog dude to beat the shit out of this guy, even though I know he won't, but I'm not going to root for, like, I was rooting for guys that I absolutely can't stand. That I just, like, cannot stand. And it just, I, did, I didn't get any enjoyment out of it, so I decided to take, I don't know what we're doing now, what, seven quarters or we're splitting it up. I don't know, but I just took the first one off.
0: <laughs> no, you're just you're just right, Justin. If you're not enjoying it, then then pull out. That's what that's what I always say. But no, absolutely, Andy. I think he's, a, he's, a,
1: <laughs> he's
0: <laughs> Andy's of a, a familiar mindset as well. Stick along as as long as you can, Justin. Hopefully, you're he's welcome. safe over there in the so eighteen that's wheeler.
2: Problem, Steve, is that he has a good time, so he can't pull out.
0: Yeah, well. <laughs> Ach, Matty. You always have to lower the tone. My fellow co-host here, <laughs> Matthew DiGiolanardo, has jumped on the call from the US of A, like Justin. Uh, veritable neighbors, these two. How are you, Matthew, on this Friday evening?
2: Uh, I'm good, man. Just got home from work, waiting for it to snow like hell this weekend. Oh, really? You expecting a bit of snow? Yeah, it's supposed to get down to below zero Fahrenheit again, like Sunday into Monday, so, okay, so- you know, Good times.
0: Excellent stuff. Uh, we have discussed Yard and Baterbiev in previous episodes, but you are on here and that's what we're talking about this evening on this Nutter's Calling. You are a nutter for the evening. Anthony Yard needs to push Arta Baterbiev backwards to beat him. That's what Callum Johnson said uh, in the, I think it was boxing scene or one of the online newspapers. He needs to push Baterbiev back to beat him. That's easier said than done. Matty, Joe Smith tried to do that and look what happened to him.
2: Well, I think that's kind of the the problem with 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 fighting him is that you, you 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 saw what Callum Johnson did. You know that he, you know, he is susceptible to a punch. I mean, that said, you know, 175 pounds. I mean, that's a that's a puncher's division. You know, you're not uh, not a whole lot of light crackers around there if you get caught clean. But he can be caught, and and I think that's kind of what everybody's bench, banking on. And Joe Smith Jr. said, "Screw it, I'll just go for it." And again, it's hell of a lot better than. Taking a ten round beating off of the guy, uh, you'd just much rather get it over with in five six minutes. Um, but I, I I tend to think that that I think Yard's going to try to go the other way, despite the issues that they have with stamina, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, I think they're really going to try to box and move for the first half of the fight if they can make it the full first half of the fight, and 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 see if they can't get uh, Butriviav into into later waters, but. Um, I, I, I just don't know how that's going to work because you know, amidst, you know, all the knockouts on better be record. I mean, they range from round one to round 12. This guy uh, carries uh, power and he seems to carry his stamina all the way through a fight. So, um, you know, all, all I can say is I hope he goes, uh, past midway through the seventh round. <laughs> that, that's that, that's my only real hope in this fight is just just see it through, man, make it, make it dirty for half the fight and see what happens.
0: Exactly, the prediction league living in Matty's head. free there, a couple of other boys have jumped on as well. Uh, shout out to Joe Kennedy this evening. We'll we'll come to you shortly, Joe. Good to have you with us. There's Economics as well is here, one of our Scottish correspondents. Spencer Fear on earlier was giving Yard a puncher's chance. Economics, uh, I know Anthony Yard was saying that he's had guns and knives pointed at him, and he fears no fighter in the ring. I don't doubt that's true. But at the end of the day, we're not in the streets here. You're up against a verified, bona fide puncher in the ring. Queensby rules. He's going to have to pull one hell of a job off if he's going to beat Baturbi of tomorrow night. Uh, uh,
3: absolutely. Like As far as I'm concerned, this is like a Christians versus Lions job. Like He talks about Lions in the camp. Well, he's the fucking, He's on the wrong side of the fucking Lions here tonight as well, tomorrow night, as far as I can see. Um, I, I mean, I think if he goes for it early, he'll get stopped quick. And if he boxes and runs then Biterbi will get to him late, I just can't see any way that he's he's coming away without getting knocked out here now, Yard to a certain level and at certain points in the past he's looked like a puncher, you know domestically, but I think Dominic said, you know on, on the the main pod that the weekend how's his power really going to carry it against the elite level, like there's levels to boxing and Bateiev is right at the top level. Is he going to be able to land in Bateiev? If he does land, is it going to hurt him? Mm, I'm, I'm not so sure. Like, uh, this is a guy that get outboxed by like a one armed domestic sort of level guy um, in Lyndon Arthur. Um, I know he won the rematch, but those um, those kind of questions about how that rematch it
0: have a funny one
3: that wasn't he? Well. Uh, there was some funny maybe there was some funny business. Who knows? It, it was a bit it was a bit weird. Um but uh, listen, on, on paper anyway, he got the win. He Linda Arthur's no bad, he's, he's a decent operator. But he's never done anything against any anybody close to that level. Like uh, the fight against Kovalev, okay, he did hurt him, he had him ready to go. But that seemed to me to be maybe as much about Kovalev gassing, you know, and and just getting kind of caught out a wee bit, as much as it was to do with like the the power of yard. I mean, Kovalev by that point was like well down the road of being a functioning alcoholic.
0: Yeah,
3: he was past his best, and he he had him he had him ready to go, and he still couldn't close it out. So I, I'm struggling to see how he's going to handle anything to do with. Like, a, a really, really top, top level guy. But, you know, fair, fair play, he's taking the fight. I think it'll be entertaining, I think, when you've got, like, one of the best guys in the sport coming and fighting, you know, in the UK again against a decent operator. He's no bad. It's good to see. It's good to watch. We're all going to turn in. We're all going to enjoy it, no matter what happens. But I'm kind of of the mindset that he's going to box and run. He's, he's not going to stand in front of him like, I think he probably should go for it. He probably should try and see, see go toe to toe and see what happens. But it's easy for us to say that. I'm sitting on the couch with a few beers in me, saying, "Aye, go for it, go, <laughs> go toe to toe with this absolute fucking wrecking ball and see what happens." You know, it's, it's easy for us to say that. It's easy for us to say, "Aye, that's what you should do." It probably is what you should do, but I don't think that's what he's going to be told to do. But you know. See what happens, and uh,
0: it'll
3: be a good Saturday night.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree, Zico. I think it will. Uh, Welcome, Joe Kennedy, head of the Prediction League. Good to have you with us. How you sounding, brother?
4: How's it going, Steve? All good. I'm I'm in the car. I'm out getting a bean burrito in honor of uh, Donnie, so so excuse me if you hear any cars beeping my name
0: no, that's absolutely fine, Joe. A couple of things for you quickly, picking up on what Zico was saying. It is nice to see the likes of Baturbiev coming over to sort of close to these kind of shores, similar to when Inoue went to Scotland, Javonta Davis. Obviously, he wasn't the megastar at the time, but coming over to fight Liam Walsh in the Copper Box. It's good for the fans to go along and see that spectacle, however long it lasts. We don't know. Also, I agree with Zico, Yard could run, but with Baturbiev and especially with Yard's pair as well, I really do struggle to see how this is going to be a stinker. I think it will be a fun fight, Joe, for as long as it lasts.
4: Yeah, you know, I, I was of the same mind that, you know, this guy's a generational fighter. And, you know, when he came to MSG for the Joe Smith fight, I was made sure I had tickets to that. And uh, it was just amazing to see them. And it was unfortunate that it didn't last very long. I think, he's, you know, he just basically was way too good for, for Smith. And Smith could not live with him, you know. Uh, couldn't handle the power. Couldn't handle the jab. Couldn't handle... Uh, basically anything that was, that, that turbia was thrown at him and he'd, he'd started time with the right hands on, on Smith coming in I think in the first minute he lands a huge one and then for the whole fight it just it just took away Smith's jab and it took away Smith's kind of come forward aggressive style and it, was just, it was just a demolition and I think probably the same is going to happen against tonight you know I think it would be a, another case of levels and unfortunately you know for those going tonight It'll just be a two or three round fleeting glimpse of this monster, you know. That was the same kind of view that I got, and it was enough, you know. It was amazing just to see the guy. I think I mentioned it before, but he's built like nothing I've ever ever seen. He's just muscle on muscle on muscle, and nothing is wasted. And you know, you can clearly see that by fact of his religion and whatnot, he clearly lives a life outside of the ring as well. He's like massively dedicated. I think he's just got. Boxing and his family and his religion and that's it. That's his life, you know. You guys fear any man who, who who's like that, you know. Was, I I thought it was funny Anthony Yard going on about how he's from the ends and stuff like that, and he's had this happen to him. Oh, this comes from the fucking Pakistan. It was a war zone he was growing up, like you know. Yeah. I think that's gonna scare him, like. Uh. So I just thought that was funny. Like, but I I I don't I don't I don't feel too confident with Anthony Yard's It's not. I'm, I'm look like Zico said, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, one of the best fighters in the world kind of show us why he's so good tonight and just basically demolish this guy is not going to be on, on his level.
0: Absolutely. Good stuff from Joe there. Not giving Yard much of a chance. I think Justin, stylistically, um, Yard had a lot of trouble with Kovalev's jab. Really nice uh, left jab going in there. But can box a little bit too. How do you expect him to come out on Saturday night? I think he'll be respectful of Yard's power. He'll be respectful of the fact that he doesn't really know what Yard brings to the table. I think he will come out and box like he did early on against Gvozdik, just try and uh, wire him up with a jab, try and push him back the first couple of rounds, see what he's got, and then start throwing the shots. And if Turbiev does dispense with the jab, Justin, as he has done in previous fights, that could be a a, a little bit of hope, Phil Yard, maybe catch him in between the shots? Because if Peturbiev stands off and boxes him, I think Yard might have as much trouble if he stands there and bangs with him.
1: I think you just answered the question, Steve. Everything you said is exactly what I would have said. That was it. I mean, that's it. That's it. I think what you just said is exactly what Peturbiev is going to do. That's exactly what he'll do. He's not going to come out. I don't think he ever comes out like full speed ahead the first second. yeah, Yeah, you summed it up. That's exactly what's gonna. That's exactly what he's going to do. He's not. He's going to give it a little bit, just a little bit, to see. Because you know, I mean, I don't care who you're fighting. People can still. Everybody can get knocked out. So of course, you want to come out, haven't fought a guy before. You're going to give it a little bit. Yeah, you summed it up. You said it better than I could have. That's it. That's exactly what'll happen.
0: That's why you're in the eighteen wheeler and I'm stuck here behind the mic, Justin. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey hey if you want if you want to get out of there, if you want to get out go throw some gang signs up with these guys right over here in this window in this little video man you are more than welcome to go do it right now they'll probably let you join
0: <laughs> I don't with right wheel <laughs> <laughs> I don't envy Justin driving that 18 wheeler flip me there'd be some carnage if I got beyond the steering wheel driving on the wrong side of the road as well could you imagine like Grand theft Auto over there but good luck to, to Justin He's doing a great job matty matty you know that I love a story love a little yarn. Dan Aziz, uh, the British champion, was over sparring against uh, Beterbiev and he had this to say um, to boxing scenes' Declan Taylor. He said, overall, it was funny because for my first spar, I got picked up and taken to the gym by another sparring partner who was a cruiserweight. He turned up with a black eye, a bust lip and a nose bent. Fresh injuries. I thought, what the hell? But I didn't want to show I was nervous about the spar. But I asked him anyway, who have you been sparring? Was it Beterbiev? He said, Yeah. I thought bloody hell and asked him what it was like. He said, it was good, but the only advice I'll give you is keep your hands up. Sounds like sound advice to me, Matty.
2: Yeah, uh, the goal against Paterbiev, don't get hit in the face. I agree with that advice. And if I was uh, Anthony Yard, I'd be taking that one to heart.
0: <sighs> taking it to heart and taking it on the chin. Um, y- did you go the over or the under on the pod last week?
2: You know I took the, I- I took the over. Um, I just... Uh, you know, with with yard being able to stretch Kovalev a bit like that, um, I know he doesn't have the greatest engine, but I, I feel like he's got at least seven rounds of engine in him, and 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 I do think he's he's going to do everything he can to kind of keep his distance, pick his moments, um, and I actually think he might have some moments of success. You might even pick up a couple of the first few rounds, but it, it's just a matter of with someone like Batyrbaev. I mean, when you know, I, there's always punchers that come along, right? And, and, and you, you just know that they'll they'll get figured out eventually. They're lacking something. Even someone as dynamic as Wilder, um, but Petriviyev, he just his skill set is so incredible. Aside from that power. It's hard to see how somebody could stay away from it for twelve rounds, and uh, you, God, maybe Yard might even do something amazing and and be ahead on a card or something by the time he gets stopped. But I, I just I, I I do think he can see his way through the first half of the fight, just uh, you know, just using his wits and his guile. But uh, I, I think beyond that, it's it's just a matter of when.
0: Yeah, it is. It's a matter of when. Uh, Zico, one thing I ask myself most days is where are we going with this? But from a boxing context, where are we going after this fight? Obviously, if Yard beats baterbiev depending on how the outcome comes, whether it's a knockout, points cut or whatever, that just throws everything up in the air. Assuming baterbiev splatters him, which I'm kind of hoping, because I've got nothing against Yard. He seems like a nice guy, but I really want to see Baterbiev unify all the titles against Bivol. But now they're talking about Bivol. Rightly Leo wrongly, going and taking the money against Canelo talks of him boiling down to super middleweight which where would you like to see the winner go i mean assuming it's going to be Peterbiev which kind of angle and you know including well, Bivol including Canelo where would you like to see this all end up
3: if it was up to me it would be Peterbiev against Bivol on Sunday morning <laughs> like yeah. i think yeah, i think that's probably the the best fight and i think it's definitely the best time for Peterbiev to be taking that fight because He's thirty eight years old. Um, he's no spring chicken, and we've we've seen before. Like very few fighters carry on into the forties um, at, at the top level. So, yeah, I hope that it, it, it could get sorted out. That he fights um, Bivol. You know that that performance against Canelo was phenomenal. Um, but I mean, let's th- talk about Bivol dropping down to one sixty eight. Somebody mentioned this, I'm sure, in the the, the group chat. Yes, but, but I've always been talking about this for about five years. It's never fucking happened. So I, I'm kind of skeptical that that he would want to do that. I'm kind of skeptical that Canelo would want that rematch. Like I, I'm struggling to think of what what other fights Canelo could could really put on the table to 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 kind of satisfy TV companies and things like that. But uh, I, would, I would hope that it, it kind of wound up that we would get Beterbiev against um, Bivol, but from Bivol's point of view, you know, why not have that fight in two years' time? Um, do the kind of Floyd Mayweather thing against Pacquiao, just wait for the older guy to get even I think Biterbiyev
0: would be, be put together by Sellotype by that point, Zico.
3: Well, <laughs> you never know, but um, I mean, from the point of view of, uh, Bevo, he's he's a guy that kind of does everything well, but yeah. not one thing amazing like a kind of world class uh, Callum Smith almost. You know, he's there's not there's not one thing. Maybe you could say he's got world class technique, and you know, he's 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 quite kind of polished. But aside of that, there's not massive amount. I think his
0: judgment of range and distance is one of the things that. Okay, sets
3: him apart. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, that, that that's true, but 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 that's like. A, a kind of subtle subjective thing it's not like you can see that he's visibly quicker, he's visibly stronger, he's visibly more powerful Go in point. the way probably that Beterbiev is visibly stronger and visibly more powerful so I don't know, I think it's a kind of it's a kind of weird it's a bit of a weird is, is, is super middleweight a great division no sort of light heavyweight is light heavyweight a great division nowadays mm, not so sure um, maybe, maybe there's kind of up and coming guys. I don't know, but it, it just feels like a shame that that Beterbiev's got to the the age of thirty eight, and there's never really been say the maybe and possibly Joe Smith has never been a top guy that he's that he's been in with. You know, it's it's one of these kind of weird quirky things. A wee bit like Golovkin, I suppose. Yeah. But, he, but but even more so in that he's he's this tremendous boxer. He's Eight puncher, but he, but he comes from like a way out in the back of beyond. Like um he's Russian, but he's not. He's not ethnically Russian, you know. He's yeah. he's from fucking Dagestan, and he's ethnically Chechen. It's not. It's not the same as being like um who was that? Who was that big heavyweight that knocked out David Price? Get done for drugs? What'd you call? Oh,
0: um, Povetkin.
3: Both of these guys are Russians, but they're not the same kind of Russians. Like, if if Beterbiev was a Moscow or a St. Petersburg Russian, there mm. would have been big money behind him, big fights to be had. There was a time when it looked like um, Povetkin was going to get Deontay Wilder over and, until the field drugs test. He would have had that sort of career. But he's not that sort of Russian and, and I think that's kind of counted against him. I think he's a Muslim. Not a great time to be a Muslim in Russia. And I, I just think like he, he is a bit like Golovkin in that he's he's what Steve Wand calls the who the president, of the who needs him club. He's that sort of fighter and, and, and he's got to a stage in his career where only the hardest of the hardcore are appreciating him. But you know, I hope he I hope he wins the fight. Hope he gets a fight against Bivol and hope he basically
0: waits the floor with both of them as, as I think he would. Dez has jumped on the call. Good evening to you, Dez. How are you, sir? I'm all right, mate. How are you, Steve? Not too bad, not too bad. Good to have you on. We're talking a bit of a and Yard here, uh, the Battle of the Punchers. Does Yard have a punchers chance for you, Des, or anything beyond that?
5: No, no, I don't you've got no chance at all
0: get rid of him early then or do you think Biterbiyev is it, are we looking in the first five or six rounds or do you think it'll go late
5: oh, I think he'll be in anything inside six Steve I think I think there'll be a feeling out process because they can, they can punch but I think I think Beterbiev he's got such a good IQ and he his brain works so quickly I think he'll suss him out inside two rounds and from three to 6 you he'll start hunting him down
0: Yeah, I think I I agree. I think he'll get the jab going early on. See what Yard's got. See how fast he is. See um, where the punches are coming from. See how hard Yard actually punches. And once he's got a grip on him, then I can see him starting to hunt the body. And just, he's almost relentless in his approaches. And even against punchers like Johnson or Joe Smith, he's happy to stand in front of you. He's happy to take a cut. He he seems impervious to pain. And he's just got that clubbing, thumping power. We were telling a story earlier about him beating up cruiserweights in sparring. He's not going to be around forever, Des but I think he's just a couple of levels above yard. Get through that and then hopefully move on to Bivol next.
5: That's the fight we all want, isn't it? That, that's a sort out. Baturbiev and Bivol, we all know where we stand, then, don't we?
0: Yeah. Who are you going for in that one then?
5: I'd go for Baturbiev
0: just punches that bit harder. And he's a, he's a clever boxer as well, isn't he? He's not just a puncher. Sometimes they, people like label him as the puncher. I even heard someone referring to him as a, as a slugger, which is an absolute insult because you all know yourself with his footwork and his movements. He's not always the most graceful, but he can certainly box.
5: Well, I think what he's got that hat, he's got that his hands and his feet are in sync and he's so strong physically. I think he has that ability to suffocate fighters slowly. So, as um, I always pronounce his name wrong, but as Gl- Glavodnic found out, mm-hmm. the longer you go with this guy, even if you're winning the rounds, you could be you're probably losing the fight. He's a real specimen. He's a real tough guy. I'm not quite sure if Bivol has got the physical attributes to sort of keep this guy off for twelve rounds and come out in good nick. I, I think I think Batyrbev beats them all.
0: Batyrbev beats them all. Joe Kennedy. Um, I want to see of Bivol next. And I'm kind of, what have you done for me lately? Whenever I see Beterbiev smashing through Joe Smith, I think, oh yeah, Beterbiev, he's going to win that fight. Whenever I see post-Canelo Bivol completely outboxing, outfoxing, thinking uh, Gilberto Ramirez, I think, you know what, Bivol could maybe keep Beterbiev off. And I'm kind of backwards and forwards like, oh, we saw so-and-so do this with Beterbiev. So maybe Bivol could do that. Or we saw Beterbiev smash so-and-so. And I'm just back and forward. So come Sunday morning, Joe, depending on what Beterbiev's done to Yard, I could be back in his corner for that fight.
4: Yeah, I'm the same way. You know, it is. It's it's it's, um, it's two fantastic fighters, and uh, probably after Crawford and Spence, probably the the, two, the second best fight I think you can make in in the sport. Um, I would also favor Povetkin. I think. I think uh, Bivol doesn't even like. It's not like he moves around. He's not gonna run around the ring like he'll.
6: He kind of do what he used to do does as well, and
4: stand in front of him, and kind of making miss and just it's subtle movements with him. You know of the little tiny foot movements that, that makes him special. Um and I just think that with the amount of shots that um the turvia throws and they're all with murder murderous intent, you know, they're all heavy shots that eventually he'll just be worn down and it it, it might go a little bit like the Gavoztic fight, uh, except probably a little bit more extended and uh, with more success for Bootall. But as um I think the Zico mentioned like how hard that they or not Zico does mentioned how hard Bosnik has to work for just those limited bits of success in that fight uh it just shows you how know, punishing terribly ideas and it's just his power is on another level and i think it might have been my uh my uh, ai chat gpt bot who called him a slugger uh in, in my uh prediction email steve so apologies for that I'll, I'll i'll have a word in his ear uh to respect put some respect on his name you know because that, that is disgrace you know he's but he's 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 such a, a subtle subtly brilliant boxer like you mentioned there's so much he carries so much of that Eastern European amateur style with him as well, a lot of technical proficiency and he adds on to it, that kind of natural power and like amazing work engine um, and, and stamina and just, you know, that taste of blood that he gets in nearly every single fight that just lifts him into another gear, you know, it's all that stuff just makes him just, such an incredible fighter. But and and, and is an amazing fighter as well, but I just think in that in that matchup that I think the size like the size would probably be the telling factor. Um Uh, and you would just end up being suffocated by the end of it.
0: But Joe, won't it be so interesting to just see Bivol go up that level? I think you'll probably agree with me. We've never quite seen Bivol really been pushed out of his comfort zone to any great degree. And I think he's got another two, maybe three gears to go. Even when he beat Canelo, it sounds ridiculous, as great a fighter Canelo is. And even the physical specimen that Ramirez was, you always got the feeling that Bivol was kind of boxing within his skill set. And against Peturbiev, he act to win that fight, he would have to absolutely give everything that he's got. And we could suddenly see him just ascend... This another level he could be slugging with Baturbi in those last couple of rounds. We're going to see him finally out of his comfort zone, and I just can't wait to see that, Joe.
4: Yeah, no, it's an amazing. You're, you're dead right. Like, he definitely seemed like he had a, an extra bit to go, uh, if if he needed it against definitely against Ramirez and, and against Canelo as well. I Canelo just kind of looked a little bit labored and a little bit predictable by the end of the fight, and Pivot was nearly taking the piss out of him, you know. Um, uh, I think that. I could see that fight going, you know, Bivol kind of building up an early lead and, 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 and you know, kind of getting, getting drowned late, you know, um, in a really kind of attritionally punishing fight. You know, I think it would be an, an epic one. Definitely one that we need to see. But... Unfortunately, the last advice I saw with regards guys' date on that flight it was 2024. Mr. Bob Arum maybe had one too many uh, jelly babies this morning and then got his years around. I don't know. We'll kind of need to see that that fight a little bit sooner than 2024,
0: Bob. Yes. Yes, Bob. Hopefully Bob's still around for that one. One thing I'll say just on closing, <laughs> then we'll have an, okay, one more man. topic. Oh, sorry, Joe. We lost you there. you back, brother.
4: No, sir, I, I just said, help you not. You said, help you sit around for that one. I oh, think. F- <laughs> not. Maybe, maybe the fight yes. will
0: happen if he's not. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hopefully, Todd Todd DeBurf or Moretti or one of the others can, can get it over the line. Uh, just to close out on the Beterbi of Yard chat, one thing that Joe was saying, and I know I mentioned this before the Canelo fight as well, uh, I was watching into interview with David Benavidez, who'd done quite a bit of sparring with uh, Bivol. And he said Bivol was very basic with the one one twos. He did the same thing, but he did it very, very well. And he also had a bit of power behind his work as well. And the one thing was, whenever you backed him up and tried to like overwhelm him, and get the better of him, he always bit on his gum shield and fought you back. He's a very proud, sort of stubborn guy. And I'd say he has that dog in him. I know we hear that all the time. Um, about having the dog and the bite and, and all that. But I think Bivol's definitely got that. And if Baturbiev was sticking it on him in those final few rounds or, or whenever in the fight, he'd bite his gum shield and fight him. I honestly believe that. I think he's a hard bastard, Bivol. Very understated, and he doesn't suffer fools uh, easily. Right, boys, we've done the Baturbiev yard chat to death. Before we close out, this Nusser's calling on the Friday evening. It's a shame Dez has left us because I was hoping to get his, his input and analysis on this one. Uh, but uh, we'll maybe get it another time. Uh, Justin, Liam Smith against Chris Eubank last Saturday evening Obviously the boys on the panel on, on Sunday gave their verdict uh, One thing I was not expecting was Liam Smith, out of all the outcomes To uh, catch Eubank, hurt him so badly and knock him out Assuming you saw the fight, Justin, what was your overriding um, feelings After seeing Liam Smith bang out Eubank in the fourth? First off, can y'all
1: hear me?
0: Yes, we can Okay,
1: I'm, go- I'm moving now,
0: so we're on the road so. Yo, go on
1: so, uh, yeah, I watched it. I mean, I have, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't use the word shock. I guess you wouldn't I don't know what to say. I didn't think he was going to knock him out. I think I'm like everybody else. I haven't listened to Sunday's pod yet. I usually save that on the drive home back. But uh, I was surprised. But on the other hand, honestly, he got a lot of press because he beat because the whole Ben fight and everything, but Eubanks just not that good. I mean, he's just, he's never been that good. I wish people would like realize he's just not that good. And he's hasn't beat anybody. He doesn't, he's not a good boxer. He doesn't have that much power. He's kind of athletic. He's just not that good. He just has a good last name. That's it. So, and Smith is just better. I mean, Smith knows how to box. He has a little pop, obviously, And Smith's just better. I mean, I'm not – it's surprising he knocked him out, but I I, I thought he was going to beat him anyway. So, yeah, I mean, Eubank, bottom line, if Eubank's just not that good, he's 33. Once he got left, he's going to have to put in – but he'll probably have to take the Ben fight now because he got knocked out, so he's probably got no choice. He has no leverage now, and his career is going nowhere. He just – he's probably going to fight some more random guys, but he's done. I mean, he's done. That – He's not going to win a world title. He's done. That, that ended his
0: hope of having anything. That's it. That's it. Well said, Justin. Big future for Chris Eubank there. I tell you what, though, Justin, the fight with Conor Ben can definitely happen there. As Ryan Deal jumps in the chat, says, "We want to be honest." Yeah, a lot of honesty from Justin on this Friday night. Conor Ben is innocent, Justin. Matchroom have done an internal investigation. They've got a lot of evidence, which they don't have to show to the public. It's all kept in house, and Connor Benn apparently is innocent. We haven't seen any any proof yet, but we have to take their word for it. Justin, are you on board? Yeah,
1: he didn't do it. He didn't do it. <laughs> for some for some reason, somebody tried to frame him. Like, what was it? Was it one of the? Uh, which one of the? Was it the FIA? That his brother set him up? Is it? You remember that? Was it? <laughs> oh, Galahad. The, Galahad. Yeah, yeah. He put the stuff. Somebody set him up. He, he didn't really do it. They. I think probably the Eubanks paid somebody because you know they wanted they didn't, they wanted out of the fight. I mean, who knows? People, I don't know. You know, you would have more respect for Ben if he honestly. I think right now everybody listening to this and everybody in the messenger group would have more respect if he just come out and said, "Yeah, I just cheated the hell out of that fight. I cheated. I wanted to win. I needed. I wanted to get bigger. He's bigger than me." I, I needed the edge. I cheated. Screw it. I went for it. I'm sorry. I apologize. Punished me for a year or two. And I, I cheated. That's all he had to say. And people probably wouldn't have given that much shit. But to go through all this, what, a thousand-page book that he wrote, to make up all this stuff, just come out and say you did it, and people will have respect for you. Trust me. Just admit, I fucked up. I screwed up. It's over. That's all he had to say. Yeah. And you would have some respect for him, at
2: least. Yeah. Yeah, that's a reasonable answer as long as you're not talking to your wife. I mean, I don't know what it is, but for <laughs> yeah, women, yeah, yeah. women won't accept that answer. You know. But, well, you know. my my dad
1: basically my dad pulled that move, and she did not accept
2: it. Son of a bitch. Never <laughs> that's worked. why.
1: Yeah, he not, she did. not accept it. So. <laughs> right now, that's like he tried that twice. They did not accept it.
0: Damn it. There we are. Some life advice from Justin, everybody on this on this nutters call. Um, Matty, uh, one thing that has come to light since we watched uh, Smith knocking out Eubank nearly a week ago where does the time go indeed was elbow gate? Uh, Smith apparently landed this sort of devious elbow which smashed Eubank uh, caused the bump on his face uh, Eubank's apparently going to appeal this illegal move etc um, this was uh, finger on the pulse of us boys on Sunday evening as usual we didn't even know anything about it at the time and it was never mentioned so how much of a big deal is this Matty? I don't think
2: it's a big deal at all, man. Sometimes these things happen and, you know, it's kind of part of the game. The ref sees it or they don't see it. That's kind of all the dark arts. It could be accidental. It could be on purpose. We don't know. Constantly, Steve, I go back to I, to one of my favorite one-round fights that ever happened. I know, I know I've know, i mentioned it uh, on the pod before. Ricardo Torres, Kendall Holt, the rematch. Yes. And, and uh, Torres had Holt down a couple of times. And Holt uh, got underneath and kind of came up with a headbutt, and he staggered Torres' back, and he just landed a smoking punch over the top of it, and Torres was fucking out. They never overturned that fight, Um, and that might have been for a title or an eliminator, too. So it's, yeah, I mean, I can get why he's upset and shit, but uh, it it just kind of comes with the territory. You know, the ref either catches it or they don't.
0: Uh, Dez, we're closing out with a discussion on last week's fight between Chris Eubank and Liam Smith. Not many people predicted the knockout, and if it was going to come, we didn't think that it would be Smith. We're talking about elbow gate a bit here. Where does Eubank go from now on in? What's your sort of analysis a week later after the, the dust has kind of settled on that one?
5: I always fancied Liam Smith, not because he was so good. I just felt that Eubank was lacking the fundamentals that he needed to beat a kid like Liam Smith. I've never booked Eubank as a top domestic kid. Um, I thought the the fight itself, I never saw that coming. But I just think looking back at the screenshots, looking back at the pictures, looking at the weigh-in, I just think Eubank's dead at the weight. And I think his punch resistance is completely gone.
0: Yeah. I mean, he looked terrible, didn't he, when he was boiling down for the Ben thing. And we've we've talked about this as well. How much do you think of a factor the whole Roy Jones training is? Because Roy Jones is clearly trying to get into boxing, his image. And I just think it looked unnatural. He was too busy trying to manage the perception of the fight, the visuals, the way he was looking there, trying to get the jab off. But even when he was moving the head, it was very Roy Jones-esque. And it's a very difficult thing to pull off with such a great fighter.
5: We'll try to forget.
0: <laughs> I mean,
5: having having Roy Jones training Chris Eubank like having... Antonio Conte managing Tottenham it's just not a right fit One, the, one's pragmatic and one's, one's got so much style and flair and skill and natural ability Eubank's not a Roy Jones, never will be I just think all Roy Jones can do is confuse Eubank
4: I think he yes. just got the timing wrong he became Roy Jones you know, Glenn Johnson, Roy Jones and not, you know, super middle Roy Jones
3: well, I saw today just randomly uh, highlights of the fight that he had against Avni Yildirim, and he was on the front foot, taking it to him, absolutely walloping into him, like, walking forward. Like, that's the style that he needs. It's not, it's not kidding on these Roy Jones, you know, shuffling about, doing, a, doing the kind of freak reactions thing that he's no got. Like, I um, uh, I, his, historically, I was always a kind of Chris Eubank junior skeptic, but I thought he was going to win that fight, to be fair. Like, um, I thought that, uh, you know, Smith was maybe just a wee bit over the hill, maybe just a wee bit oversized. Oh, sorry, a wee bit undersized. And uh, with, whether he caught him with that elbow or not, man, like, he. he he landed two monster shots and Eubank never really looked that comfortable in the fight. Like First two rounds, Smith was kind of all over him. He was just boxing a sensible, kind of orthodox fight and Eubank just didn't really know what he wanted to do. He, 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 third round, he kind of landed a few uppercuts and that, but he, he was never really in that fight. Um and Smith, as much as I, I don't like the entire fucking Smith family, hmm. he, he he did produce, man. He showed up. He hmm. he believed in himself, and and he got the job done. So, you know, Eubank, where does he go from here? It's it's hard to say. Like um, that fight against against Conor Ben, like leaves a leaves a bad taste in the mouth. Even if he if he doesn't in the rematch, like he's. He's never, he's always been a bit smoke and mirrors. Can I kiss you, Junior?
0: He has, but stylistically, like you said, uh, Zico, that sort of early Channel 5, 2011, oh, 12, 13, Eubank, yeah. who overwhelmed you with punches, that was a better style for him, I think.
3: It was a better style for him, but it's a long time gone now. And it probably depends on having a chin, which he, I'm sure he had at the time, but I'm absolutely not convinced that he's going to have going forward. Like um I'll come in there, Go for yeah, it. Yeah, go ahead. Go. Yeah.
5: Sorry, no, so I didn't want him to interrupt you. I just wanted to pick up what you said there. You're absolutely right. I think and I said it in the chat this week. I think where Chris Eubank's concerned, it's all about simplicity. And he's yeah. never he's never been a natural talent, he's never been a, you know a skillful fighter. He's always been a tough, strong Overpowering kid, and I think someone like Joe Gallagher would have suited Chris Eubank to the like, he would have done with Eubank what he did with Crawler and just hands up, get you get the right distance and work harder than the other kid. I think that would have been a better fit for Chris Eubank. Sorry to interrupt.
3: No, no, that's fine, man. Like, I totally get what you're saying. Like, I think Eubank probably should have been like a pressure fighter rather than a guy that tried to. Depend on reflexes that weren't really there, and yeah, if you if you if you're going to do the Roy Jones impersonation, you need to have ideally the reflexes and the power. And he never really had either, you know. But he was tough. He was <laughs> rugged. He would look forward, like you know, like isn't it,
2: that a bitch? Someone tries to get you to fight in a style, and all you need to do is A and B, and you ain't got either of exactly,
3: them. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, it's true, but he doesn't. If he'd been like a high-activity guy, walk you down, you know, a bit. What's his name, mate? Uh, oh, fuck, man, I keep doing this when I come on here. I get pitched and your man. Uh... Who
0: are you thinking of, Zeko, is it?
3: Oh, mate, I'm fucking long gone. <laughs> Who, whoever this the is right... going to be like fucking today, man. <laughs> Who, whoever, the right tra-
0: whoever the
2: right trainer is for AJ, I think is the right trainer for Eubank. It basically like thinking the styles, and you look at like what he does. He has a good jab. He he throws good punches here and there. If there's anything that Eubank really does well, it's that he throws really nice tight punches, and all of them. He jabs, he hooks, he he uppercuts, he does all of them. So, what you're right, he would work best as a pressure fighter. Work your way in with the jab and just change your punches as you close the distance until you're working inside on the uppercuts. You know, and, and I think that's a style that would work for AJ too. And, and neither of them are going the right route. I think Garcia was at least a step in the right direction. I just don't know that, that you know, British Olympians gonna, gonna blend with Southern California and Mexican. I just don't know that that's the right blend.
5: The only thing I would say there, Matty, is. The difference, but you're quite right in terms of their natural ability and what they bring to the table. But some, AJ has got a bit of a Frank Bruno about him in that every time he, get, he gets caught with a big shot, he looks in trouble. I've never seen Eubank look in trouble getting caught with a big shot before. That's the first time I've seen that last
3: week. But at the same time, Eubank has never had that kind of one-punch power. No. That eg. No, correct. that did have, you know, and also the Frank Bruno had a bit of... But I suppose that's kind of the nature of heavyweight boxing. Most guys are going to have it.
2: Well, how anyway. many punchers have has Eubank fought, right?
0: Yeah, I was going to say that. But, but the Able, George Groves... Spike,
2: Spike yeah. the biggest. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but Spike like... hurt him. Spike, Spike, for all his deficiencies, could punch. It, and George it. Groves could certainly punch, which is why it. we had this thing that it. Eubank had this godlike chin. But he's never really stepped up to the elite, I suppose, the way like Frank did to kind of find out that. And we found out the yeah. hard way last week in an unexpected manner. But yeah, you're right. But Spike could definitely bang.
4: It sounds to me like I'm probably in the minority in thinking this, but I actually think that Juventus Jr. is quite a naturally talented guy. And he's kind of where he is almost on the back of that natural talent. and Obviously his name as well, which opens doors. But I think like he just didn't have a clear career path coming up he didn't have like you know a lot of well-grounded training i think he's lacking in you know a lot of the fundamentals of boxing as well he doesn't seem to move his feet very well he his job changes every time you see him fight right uh he, he, his style seems to be like this one mesh and i just don't think that he was he's as fundamentally sound as, as smith is as a fighter i do not think that smith has a lot more wrinkles in his game than Chris will, will ever have as 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 because of all the fights he's had and the different types of fights he's had and the way that Eubank Jr. was kind of managed, you know, he was protected as a result of this kind of poor, poor upbringing, if you will, in, in his in his boxing in, in his boxing terms. Like I just don't think he was properly developed as a fighter. I said to Maddie during the week privately that he was uh, overpromoting, and under and underdeveloped, like like some uh, English prospects. and think he could try and Joshi in there as well, but. Um, Not not to say that Eubank Jr. and AJ are, are two of the same, but I just think that we saw a difference between a real proper prize fighter in Liam Smith, Liam Smith and a guy who is, as much as you can, be a part-time professional boxer. I,
3: and I, think I, there's de- oh, I think there's definite parallels to be drawn between Anthony Joshua and Chris Eubank Jr. in the sense that Eubank Jr., Eubank Sr. never let his kids box until they got to a certain age, and, and then all of a sudden he shipped them off to fucking Las Vegas. But these were not kids that grew up in boxing gyms the way that some kids of professional fighters grew up, you know? So I think there is definite parallels between Joshua and Eubank Jr. and that they came late to the game and... Probably both of them were well, like probably closer to twenty, before they started boxing, started progressing, and they have done like really well to get where they've got to. Yeah. But the price of that is they never had that instinctive, natural understanding of, you know, how to how to protect themselves. How you know they never had that absolute with without any degree of thinking, instinctive boxing ability. You know, and they've probably paid the price for that when they got to the top level. When they pay them.
0: Mm-hmm. Now that's a fair point. That kind of amateur grounding as well. It can work in your in your favour or against you. Uh Take Ames. Has jumped on the call here. Um Seconds out. Is it Ames you're uh, frequenting these days?
6: Yeah, I don't want to utter another word until I've heard Matty's parlays for the weekend. Come on, Matty, where are oh, they?
0: Well,
2: I took uh, 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 Delacian uh, to win and the over in better be of yard over five and a half rounds. And that got me like, I don't know, two and a half to one or something like that.
0: No women's what? basketball. No, no Premier League. No,
2: I do. My Super Bowl bet is still is still hanging on right now. I and I, I, I put I, just a small amount of money, but 16 to one on San Francisco to play Cincinnati. And I'm one get win away for each team. Getting there on this bet I placed a month ago, so I, I got some shit brewing, and and that would be a good bet that and uh, that would uh, get me back into good territory where I could make some bigger bets again. Fucking Nadal in the French a couple of years ago fucked me, Steve. His 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 first serve was
0: shit, just fucking shit. Anyhow, they all gamble responsibly. Ames, did you get what you
6: needed there? What does fifteen p get me, mate? <laughs>
0: what?
2: I'm a burger. <laughs> uh, I, I think you'd get returns of about uh, 60p there uh, in in total with your bet back.
6: All right, so I, I don't think it's for me. But look, yeah, uh, jumping in on the the Chris Eubank stuff, and, and yeah, I'm with with, I'm with seconds out. Steve, um, I've been with them for uh, three months now, and they've uh, didn't go to the the fight myself. but I was covering it from home. I'm here for Better Viet versus Yard. I'm looking forward to the fight tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I mean, you guys have really kind of said it, but with with Chris, like you can't. Teach someone something that they don't want to learn, and Chris has never wanted to, want to learn the ABCs, he's wanted the, the fancy italics, and he's ended up, you know, trying to learn that on the end of a wing ding from Liam Smith last week. Uh, don't know why I've gone like on a, a font analogy there. Love but, it, man. Some font know. metaphors here. <laughs> yeah, well, that's for us losers, Steve, right? Microsoft Word up, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Eubank, he, he's clearly had an image in terms of his branding that he wants to project. And that's also translated over into his boxing. So he's never going to, you know, fix him with, with Ronnie, who's, who's been with his his dad for so many years in his career. It was always going to be someone high profile, like Roy. And uh, speaking to someone like, I mean, you can probably tell me if this uh, works, Steve, but speaking to Russ Amber in the week about, because he knows Roy very well, having, being close friends with with roy he mentioned that you know some some coaches and some fighters just don't mesh and i said to him do you you see that meshing with with eubank jr goes it might do but it depends on the fighter if if the fighter works as well he kind of pointed towards sean pascal and roy jones jr being a good mix when those two work together i don't know enough about that but steve do you do you remember that if if Roy and Jean-Pascal, when they worked together, that was a good look for for Jean?
0: Yeah, well, that is the most memorable one of Roy's. Roy's trained quite a few people over the years of various kind of abilities and levels. I remember him teaming up with Pascal and he did have, have a certain degree of success. The only thing was, again... What kind of style was he training in? Pascal was quite kind of very athletic guy, very physically strong, used to gas out a little bit later on in fights, but quite robotic in the way through his shots. He lacked that athleticism that Roy brought to the table. So I wonder whether... Roy needs a certain kind of fighter, a certain kind of style, very much with his own training career. I mean, he had his dad in his corner early on. His dad was absolute hell for leather on him, you know, and then he ended up going with Alton Murkison which is a, a relationship that served him well. Whether he can lend himself to a trainer and get those things across. You know, some of the great fighters often say they don't train boxers because they, the boxer can't do what they used to do, and it frustrated mm-hmm. them. So the likes of Pascal... To a certain degree, he had a lot of success, but he couldn't replicate ultimately Ames, the athleticism and the natural ability that Roy brought to the table.
6: That's a great I point. Yeah, I, I, I don't see a, a, a fit really outside of what is potentially in Eubank Jr.'s head of what he wants from a trainer. Like he, he says, he, don't, he doesn't listen, he believes he can, you know, train himself. He, he must see Roy to some degree as someone he can learn from, who's in a similar ilk of his dad. People have been calling for his his dad to come back in in his in his corner, but his dad's not in a mental uh, fit enough mental state right now to be mm. in that that corner. So I don't know why those calls are being made. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's an open secret about uh, about Chris, and of course we hope he gets well w- with that. But I think he'll he'll stay with Roy Jones Jr. to. Hopefully his benefit, but really, I don't. I don't really see where those improvements are going to come from. And and in terms of Chris's next steps, like it's, he, I think he has to take that Liam Smith rematch. Where does he really go from here? What level does he fight at? Can can he get you know enough of a PR move to say you know we, we appealed, we thought it was an illegal elbow. You've you've got the footage you can see for yourself, and they can kind of build it that way. Um, you give the little David Hay mark of you robbed the bank and uh, <laughs> if, if like he fought Belly the second time around. But I, I, I literally only see that, that fight being the, the only one really there for, for Chris Eubank Jr. right right now on the horizon.
0: You feel, Ames, like he has to kind of tidy up that business because how could he go from that? I mean, how, he couldn't go any higher and say, oh, I deserve to fight so-and-so unless he goes in as a major B-side, knowing that he's been knocked out so devastatingly by Liam Smith, he would have to tidy up that first, and then, Ames, you would think, move on to, to the next level. Otherwise, he could barely fight on a par with Smith. No disrespect to Smith. And, I mean, going down in the levels, I mean, where could you even go? For... Again, it sounds very disrespectful to Smith, but you'd have to tidy yeah. that up first, Ames. But
6: the saving grace is... is it... So the, the, the you... save. Go on, go on. Go on, yeah, Sorry. The saving grace with it is it's 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 a bigger fight, at least what we we've, we've been told is you know it'll be the rematch will be Anfield, that's a stadium fight, bigger capacity than than what it was at Manchester. So in in those sort of terms, it doesn't really do Chris Eubank Jr. any uh, harm in terms of um, you know the, the scope on him as a fighter. Yeah, he sure is the B side, but really when you're crossing over into the mainstream and on, on GMTV and you're pitching a fight to someone, no one really cares who's who's the second name there. The bo- the boxing casuals don't really give a crap. About that, so the saving grace from that point of view is is there that it's a bigger fight. I just kind of felt a little bit sad w- watching the way that it happened with with Chris. We, I think, boxing fans, we know we, we expected the unraveling to happen with Chris at some point. We've seen him at, uh, when he steps up to a higher level before that he's been found out. Uh, George Groves um, and then Billy Joe Saunders, but I ju- I don't think anyone expected it to see. It happened that way, yeah, not in just, such a
0: devastating a, fashion.
6: Yeah, yeah. The, the sadness as well is, uh, and and it, and it won't. Have, it, it's something that you feel wouldn't have happened anywhere else in his career, even in the sparring, because of the way he amateurishly got up straight away and didn't even take the the seconds to to recuperate as much as possible. There, I don't was just think a real his sad. mental
0: capacity was even there, aims at that point to even think to do that. To be honest, he was really gone.
6: But, well, I mean, no, but this is the thing. If if you're a, if you're a fighter and you have those hard hard spires, you're gonna get buzzed. So you know how to just yeah. take the seconds. Someone will give you that. That moment to say, all right, just take a second there. Like if th- if they're looking after their fighter, the, the the little comments about well, not little comments, but you know the rhetoric about Chris Eubank Jr. having a granite chin and not not been not been rocked before in his career. He has been rocked before in his career. It just was never picked up on. Gross dipped him, and his knee hit the canvas um, when they fought. It just just never was called a knockdown. Like I'd always seen that susceptibility in Chris Eubank Jr., but it was just highlighted of obviously to a greater degree against Liam Smith, but he yeah, he's 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 got to um he's gotta take that rematch otherwise like you, there's no way you can go. I can't I can't think of a fight at middleweight that that really appeals to anyone uh, like what, what do you do? You Fowler, Denzel Bentley? Like where do you go really? It's it's Liam Smith. a good chance like... in
4: the rematch Ames?
6: No. No, I don't. why I take it?
4: That's the, that was the question I was going to get to. Um, I don't. Yeah. I
6: don't give him a good chance. Like uh, when you when you when you ask me, like they were give him a good chance. I, I, it's less than fifty percent chance. But I just think he, he's got he's got to take it. He's got to find a way to win. That's that's in him to try, uh, game plan that and try and figure that out. Um, but yeah, like I I don't I don't, I wouldn't pick him to win.
0: Uh, Des, I was just gonna, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Des. I was going to ask you about uh, the training situation just briefly. About Ronnie Davis's role, it feels to me like he's a kind of old head. how much is he actually listened to by Junior? It feels like Chris Senior is kind of crowbarring him into the corner, and I'm not against that. because I think Ronnie Davis is a is a good guy. You know, sound counsel. But it, I don't know. It never felt like Junior was really wanting him there.
5: Steve, I saw firsthand the old man did listen to Ronnie Davis. So I'm certain that the son don't listen to him. I just, I see it firsthand. I remember Chris coming down to the Repton and Ronnie Davis, was bad. He held his bags and he kind of got told where to go, what to do, where to stand. And we couldn't quite believe it. And I've never quite understood the relationship. I've never really got the Eubank thing. I I love the dad. I think he's one of the top five hardest men in British boxing of all time.
0: Mm.
5: But I, I've never really got the Eubank, the Eubank the Junior thing. I've never understood in the early days when the dad would posture in the corner, it, done up in a bow tie. I've never understood Ronnie Davis's role. It, it's all very peculiar for me. Um, in answer to your question, Steve, I just think he's there as an advisory capacity. I just think he's there because it's it adds to the brand. I don't think. It, well. It, Sorry, Steve. I'm the busiest man in London tonight. Um, <laughs> uh, um, I don't think he has any hands-on involvement with Junior. I think that that ship sailed. To be perfectly honest, I don't think he's there for any practical purpose.
0: Yeah, well, I, I kind of cut short. But what you said about um, uh, Repton there, Des. Uh, sorry, I know people are ringing you here. But what you said about Repton actually is where I was kind of edging, and I'll just I'll just be be playing talking. It's almost as if he's a little bit disrespected in the corner, Ronnie. And like you imagine, if he had a bit of dignity, he'd maybe say, "Right, I'm off here." Almost. And I, and I think he loves the family. I think they really. I think they love each other.
5: I've got no doubt about that. But I just don't think that there's. I think I think the U Banks are hard work. I really do. I could you imagine. I just think they're hard work, Steve. You imagine- his
2: dad's I- fucking weird as shit, man. Like just being, like <laughs> just listening to him get interviewed, you feel like he had a fucking stroke. Can you imagine, like seeing him multiple days a week? Fuck me. I I'd just fucking die. I would just fucking die.
5: But I, some, something I think Joe said it earlier. Um, imagine trying to ask someone to box. Like imagine asking someone to be as tough as his dad or box like Roy Jones, it's like a rock and a hard place, isn't it? And I'm, yeah. I'm I'm, just not sure that Chris Eubank, although he's a marketing genius and I think he's he's got stardust sprinkled on top of him and I think he's he's got a value, I'm just not quite sure is there anything better than a good domestic kid if he gets the right fights? And I think Nick Blackwell's the right fight. Yildirim's the right fight. But Billy Joe, George Groves, Liam Smith—they're not the right fights for Chris
0: Eubank.
2: What about the guy that lost to Alam uh, 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 Hanala recently? Went twelve with him. Though? Yeah, Denzel Bentley. Someone mentioned go. him earlier. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's a good fight, I think.
5: I think. I think. Right, so, right. So, the problem we have with Eubank Junior. is he's a box office attraction. Fighting Denzel Bentley which is a really hard fight for Eubank. I don't think he wins that one. And I don't think he's box office. And I don't think there's enough, mon- there's enough money involved in it. And I, and I don't think that's a direction Chris wants to go in. I think Chris wants to go upwards, but in a, in a sideways step. So what I mean by that is, a James DeGaulle at that time was perfect for Chris. He needs more of them.
6: Yeah. Just, Just yeah. speaking to, I spoke to, Denzel earlier today. Words are words and everything, but Denzel said he doesn't chase the losers of that fight he wants to Liam Smith as opposed to Chris Eubon Jr. <laughs> <laughs> That's a decent fight too.
0: Why not? Yeah, I think I think Des made a good point there, Matty, because Denzel, he hasn't got the name that Chris wants. He's a real hard night's work. Des said again, he's got an excellent jab. He can work hard. He showed he can go 12 rounds at a very good level against Alim, Alim Hanou. Yeah, against a guy Hanouli. who can bang. Yeah, and, yeah that- and there's a chance Chris could lose and he doesn't want those type of fights.
3: That's sideways and up for Denzel to chase, you know, Callum Smith. Like like Des was saying, if if you're a kind of so so guy, you know, kinda semi well known, semi successful, semi kind of ticket seller, those are the fights you're looking for, you know? And your and Eubank has done well to get where he is, like um You had that kind of weird fight with Billy Joe Saunders where probably wasn't the best Billy Joe Saunders. Um, But, you know, Saunders kind of dominated the first half of the fight. Eubank kind of bossed him about the second half. Like, before that fight, I was absolutely convinced that Billy Joe Saunders was going to wipe the floor with Chris Eubank Jr. And he probably should have wiped the floor with Chris Eubank Jr. But he didn't. Like... That alone makes me kind of look at Eubank and think, what what could have happened to you? Because when you look at like Eubank, he's never really stepped up to world level. Never really beat anyone that you would. No one
2: look world at. level in their prime, at least. Yeah. Oh,
3: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. He beat he beat uh, Abraham. The Gale yeah. and Abraham were both fucking washed, or they were kind of one foot out of the sport.
2: He's but, been maneuvered very well. I mean, you got to give that to I, him. Like they, got, Saunders, like, they got these names and protected him, and and there was obviously flaws there. And I mean, that Saunders fight, they didn't. They haven't really fucked around since that Saunders fight until now.
3: I mean, that was until um, Saunders obviously got, like his face broke apart by Canelo. That was his toughest fight. Like, and and Eubank at that point, I, I thought Eubank was a joke back. Back then, I was like absolutely convinced. That Saunders was going to wait for him and like I say for 5-6 rounds he did but then for 5-6 rounds he didn't and it's just a bit of a shame like the way Eubank's careers panned out like he could have been a kind of probably quite a decent kind of pressure fighter walk you down, throw a lot of shots take them back but up up to a certain point he had a great chin and it's too late for that now, he's, he's never going to be that guy he's, he's He's not going to be the Roy Jones guy, and he was always be-
2: looking for the missing piece to make him better, to make him yeah, better, yeah, rather than yeah. putting in the work to find it.
3: Okay, maybe yeah, no, I get that.
2: Maybe Zico, there's you're right, what
5: you're saying there. And I, I think maybe deep rooted in Chris is an identity crisis because maybe he could have been a Clinton Woods or a Dennis Andrews or a, a, you know, a pound shot Carl Froch. But he was never going to be a Roy Jones or a James Tony, was
3: he? Carl, Carl Froch is a great comparison. Like Carl Froch was not the silkiest boxer, but he was hard as nails. He had a bit of technical ability. He could punch to a certain extent, and he put it all together mm. and fought the best that and won his first three of those fights. Like the best that Chris Eubank could have been is probably that sort of guy. Yeah. But Carl Froch was probably boxing from the age of ten. Eubank never started boxing. To, to, to whatever age he started, you know, he, he grew up the son of a famous boxer who we all know he's kind of had his problems. Probably never wanted his kids to to follow in his steps, but he kind of gets sucked into it. Whether it was a good thing or a bad thing for him, that that's where he washed up. But maybe may, maybe if he'd started when he was a kid, he, he would have been a Cultrotch type guy. But he's no being a Cultrotch type guy. Uh, and absolutely, I think Frotch is the—he's the kind of example of what 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 maybe Eubank could have been.
2: I, but, he, but he's not been that. I think Frotch and, and Eubank Junior. The the difference between them, it, it's kind of a study in real confidence and fake confidence. You know, like. Eubank acted the way he did because he learned from his dad. So it's just the way that you act, right? And it's and he's always trying to get his dad's approval, always trying to impress him. And that that that's what, what drives him. His confidence isn't there. Nah, he's, nah, he's, nah, he's a, he's nah, a, he's nah, a kid, nah, kid nah. seeking dad's approval still. No, there's no, a Frotch, Frotch doesn't give a fuck. Frotch was real no, confidence. No, no. He would said he could beat the. He's the guy that walks into the bar and says, "I'll beat the toughest son of a bitch in here." You know that old nah. Dempsey kind of attitude.
3: Nah, 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 nah. Z go one. Eubank <laughs> Junior has got the same kind of charisma that Eubank Senior had. He's got the same kind of arrogance that you that Eubank Senior had. He just doesn't have the the natural boxing ability. Like, Eubank Senior, more than probably any other British boxer I can think of, has got to, like, a high level without really having that high level boxing ability. That's all come off his personality and his arrogance and his ability to sell fights. Like,
2: yeah, Frotch is uh, more like Eubank Senior than Eubank Junior is.
3: No, no no, 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 he's not. No, 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 he's not. Like, in terms of fighting style, absolutely. But in terms of, like, promotional ability and and being able to get yourself in the spotlight and provoke a reaction from opponents and fans of those opponents, like, Eubank Jr. has got more or less everything that Eubank Sr. had in terms of, like, promoting the fights. He just doesn't have the fighting ability. You know, Carl Froch has probably Eubank Senior's fighting ability, but not Eubank Seniors promotional ability. You know? Uh, like,
5: I just can't think it's
2: learned behavior. Like like I said, like like Carl Frotch is who he is because he's built that way. Whereas Eubank Jr. is just emulating his dad and
3: nah, what he did. I, I, nah, I think he inherited that ability to promote himself the same way he inherited that chin. He just the chin ran out. Now, like, you, see, you, you, Eubank Jr. is being himself. He's not kidding on, he's his da. Eubank Jr. is an arrogant fucking prick. It's like, if you... Like, my, well, not as much familiar,
2: today as he was a week no, ago.
3: No, well, my, my. Are you familiar with like Blackpool Rock? Have you ever heard of Blackpool Rock?
2: No, you've I have I've, I've heard of Fraggle Rock. If it's anything if like you, Fraggle Rock, it's crazy if you shit. Were,
3: You've not heard of Blackpool Rock. If you were to chop Chris Eubank Jr. in half, the words arrogant prick are written through him like a sticker. I wondered where Rock. you were
0: going with that one.
3: <laughs> well, this is where I'm going with that one. He is one fucking arrogant bastard. <laughs> and fair play to him, mate. That, that'll work for you when you're selling the fights. And Zay inherited that face, da. On but you when... go, mate. On you go. What are you yeah.
5: Well, I was, was going to... I was going to add to what you were saying, but I think to spit that conversation, remember with Cole Froch, he was a, a three-time ABA champion. He was a world bronze medalist. I think he was the first English kid ever to medal in the Worlds. He also had phenomenal grounding at domestic level. I think he fought Damon Yeah. Matthew Barney. I mean, that's serious British title fighting.
0: Michael monahan and all them, yeah.
5: And that's something
3: and, that Chris Mike Junior never, never even you, got the opportunity to do.
5: And in this game, it's, it's about what you pick up on the way. And yeah. we, talk, we talk about yard. We could talk about AJ. And what these guys always seem to little foul at, and when they, when they get to the top, is that work they never done when they was on the way up. And people like Cole Frotch, people like Tyson Fury. People like uh, Clinton Woods. People like they really did that. They they really they had their wins, their losses. They had their hard fights before they got there. So they was prepared. And I, yeah. I just don't think Banks ever had that.
3: No. But he could have had it. He could have had but, it if he grew up. You know we. Way father was they kind of horribly disgusted by professional
0: boxing I don't think they wanted the him to you know. have that though they could have gone well, that they route didn't. couldn't they, they circumvented it do you not think?
3: Yeah. Well y- you talk about that route like that route starts in childhood and Eubank Senior never wanted his kids to do that you know um, kind of got to the stage when they were about 17 or 18, they hadn't really done much boxing they shipped them off to Las Vegas <laughs> um, don't know if that was the best way to do it either but but that's kind of how it washed out for them. But no, like I think um, Rubank Junior. He had quite a lot of the tools, but but not enough of the experience that that, that you kind of kind of need to get to the top in boxing, and that's how it washed out for him. You know, um, maybe he can come again. Maybe he can get that rematch against Liam Smith. Not the so thing sure is as well, groan, Zico.
0: If you look back at his record just before he fought Billy Joe Saunders, there was no grounding whatsoever. I've got it up in front of me here Sandor Mishko, Robert Giabinski, yeah. Stepan Horvath, Ivan Dukic, Omar Siala, uh, and they, then straight in with Saunders
3: like, absolute nobody's none of those cunts got a Wikipedia, uh-huh.
0: like.
2: Oh. Sounds, and like it, people, it, uh, sounds like people you meet on a Peace Corps tour. Yeah, exactly.
3: I mean, like, he fought absolute nobodies, and then he still ran Billy Joe Saunders, who was a pretty talented guy, mm-hmm. reasonably close, you know? It, it's just a weird, like, a weird fucking career that he's had. Like, um...
2: He's really a top-level domestic fighter. I mean, I think that's his—that's his level. You know, he'd—he'd he'd be Commonwealth champion. You know, he'd probably be European champion, um, potentially. Uh, but that's—that's that's his level is right there, and and beyond that, it, he just doesn't have it.
0: Possibly, right, boys? I'm gonna—we're gonna do the final close. You know, Ryan Ormerod on the ball as always. He said, "Didn't even know this was a thing." I need to use Patreon pop- properly. So welcome, Ryan, to the to the chat this evening uh, we started with Baturbiev yard that is where we are going to close out um, before the nutters call comes to an end Des final quick summation of Baturbiev yard and give us a round and a winner if you can please uh,
5: Baturbiev by
0: stoppage round 6 round 6 for Des Baturbiev stoppage economics. who are you going for by what method
3: Baturbiev stoppage round 4
0: round 4 not lasting very long for economics. then uh, Matty what about you uh, I'm going
2: round nine.
0: Round um, nine? Uh, Ames hasn't given his summation yet. What did I go for, Matty? Did I go over the, the, the sixth? Or... So it
2: was six and a half and you ended up going under, but you thought it was going to be sometime around the sixth. You, you're right in the mid round. And, and to be fair in the books, the, um, the over under is at five and a half with, uh, a little bit of the, uh, uh, lean in the over, over that direction.
0: Right. Okay. Uh Ames, bet responsibly on Matty's advice there. Who are you going for and by what method? And give us a breakdown, actually. Not a mental breakdown. Hopefully not on this Friday evening. But who are you going for, by what, <laughs> what method? Let us know what you're thinking.
6: Uh, I'm going for Beterbiev, I think. I'm going to echo what Matty said uh, r- Round nine. I think he actually gets it done later than maybe what's perceived right now. A little bit of a breakdown. It There's <laughs> nothing really to break down. Everyone's really covered it. I think everyone's really read the fight. Pretty much how it's going to go. Uh, I think if I can invent my own little lame cliche here, I don't think Yard has a puncher's chance. here I think he has a landers chance because I think he will land on Beterbiev. It's just whether that that shot that uh, Yard lands on him takes him out. Uh, if 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 people make a lot of the, that that knockdown that he suffered against Cam Johnson, and you, if you watch that fight back, it's it, underestimated Johnson. That's that's what happened there. Didn't take him seriously, had him down. Johnson then clocked him, and then as soon as he, as soon as he got up, to just unleashed on him and, and finished the fight off. Like, if if lacks any lackadaisical like that, then then there's an opportunity for, for yards. So the, I feel the opportunity is there, but that, that's what it is. It's a small window of opportunity, and I I, I I genuinely do think like he has to do what he did against Kovalev. If he gets the opportunity, he does have to empty the tank again. There's no there's no two ways about it because you won't get that second chance with Baterbev. There's no there's nothing to show that you you get that in his in his career. So it, it has to be pretty much the same thing that they did with Kovalev. And uh will might get the stick for that in terms of the game plan being the same if it is how I think it is, but that that's their route to victory. Um but yeah, look, look, is an awesome fighter. He's, just the, some of the stories that you hear about uh coming out of his camp we had we had callum simpson on and they were talking about how all the training and sparring partners huddled around him to devise a plan to you know hurt him and get him <laughs> no, maybe if nothing, there's five no, of us nothing at worked. one time <laughs> yeah no, and, and nothing worked uh it's, yeah it's just just a, a different level of fighter but look Steve, you've seen it, Matty, you've seen it and you guys have seen it more than I have uh, in my relatively short time in boxing. Stranger things have happened and people do get old overnight. Golovkin, we've seen that recently. I I was one of the people who didn't want to see it with Golovkin. Uh, Rob was saying it quite vociferously. I just didn't want to agree with him at all, but we've seen those signs of regressions. Those regressions happen and they do happen overnight. Something could come together, but I just don't think it will tomorrow.
0: You're going to be there, Ames, tomorrow night. Uh, You might bump into Chukwu if you're lucky. I think the atmosphere is going to be buzzing, you know.
6: Yeah, I think uh, judging by it, I believe, uh, speaking to some people at Queensbury, they're, they're not too far off selling out. We'll, that might just be talk, but if it is, there'll be some atmosphere. It's, it's a shame it's not really being supported by a relative undercard. There's interest there in Moses Atoma, who's going to be something big if you listen to the speak from from everyone in boxing who's who's seen a little bit about him but then you've just got like a random world title fight in there which has no sense to to any boxing fan apart from you know the hardcore 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 yeah
2: sure really think like that's going to be end up being like it's it might not be as good as the main event because no one has a horse in that race in the in the stadium per se but i think you know as far as value goes that's going to be the the fight of the night and it's going to be very good they got it on the
6: cheap i think sure it's a good fight, but if that's co- if that's home anyway event or cheap support, whatever you want to say, that's that's the piss break. That's the food break for people. It's going to suck the atmosphere right out of the arena, if there is one by that time. Am oh. she
0: getting me down,
6: man? I was looking forward to the fight just, as well. No, just saying, always. it's going to be a good fight. Don't get me wrong. I, I agree with you there. It's just, I'm seeing it from the perspective of looking at a card, and I'd much rather have... No. I, I want to see the fight, sure, but I just think it makes more sense to have something more relative to, to UK fans there. Especially is as it? like, look, I think I I feel like as well in terms of promotion, this has gone a little bit under the radar. It like, had quite a lot of traction when it came out, but if, it feels like for me, maybe I'm reminiscing it a little bit. But the Kovalev fight was almost promoted a lot more. Maybe that's because they feel Yard had a better chance in, in that race uh, in, in against Kovalev than Betibia. But I'm pronouncing it two different ways in in this conversation. But anyway, Ooh. um, yeah, it feels like the promotion just gone a little bit lacking because Beterbiev doesn't really speak all that much like if this was a uh, the the same person but it was an American speaking uh, sorry an American fella speaking English you know there would there would be the promotion would be a lot better but
0: I like Tony you know, Harrison t- or something like
6: <laughs> yeah exactly but it, because it's not I think he needed something just a little bit more you know relative to the UK audience on the on the co-main there
2: it's like Golovkin. He, he had to build himself up into a, a living legend uh, until the networks bought into him. And then, you know, it, and then, you know, a few fights in after he's just, you know, demolishing people, uh, people were into it. Um, unfortunately for, uh, uh for Peterviev, better you know, we both have said it both ways. Um, he, uh, uh, he, he came in later after his amateur foray and then, you know, also COVID and stuff like that. So he didn't have that number of fights And, and the, the, kind of the cool thing about his career that you got to say is they didn't fuck around with him at all. Like they, they really just kind of threw him in. And I mean, what was his 10th fight, give or take 11th and he was fighting for a title. I mean, it, you know, and I mean, the a couple of fights after that, I mean, that that's no joke. I mean, people, uh. Because Vosdick retired right after, I think they forget how good he was um, at that time. I mean, that win he had over Stevenson was great, and because you know Stevenson was so fucked up after that fight, and you know ended up in the hospital, I don't think we go back and watch enough. But that was a phenomenal fight where he really dug deep and and finished that fight well. And uh, that that win that Archer had that few professional fights. That shows levels and uh, they, they moved him along quick but, yeah. and and he might only have five, six more fights at this rate, um, uh, you know, before his heyday is done. But I, I, I think he's he's going to be that kind of Golovkin. Can't say the name. How do you pronounce that? But they're a fucking legend.
0: Yeah, I think Matty early on, they, they did move Beterbiyev quite quick, didn't they? They put him in with Tavoris Claude and Gabriel Campier within his first eight fights or something.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I think you're right. I forgot about it. I mean, mean, they just moved him along. Not Lomachenko fast, but damn close.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. We're going to close it up then, boys. Thanks for everybody who has come on and joined us. Everybody in the chat as well. Shout out to Des for jumping on. Good to have you with us. Justin as well, driving his 18-wheeler in South Carolina. He left us earlier. Joe Kennedy, headed the Prediction League as well. Z-Economics, I don't know whether he passed out or he left voluntarily, but either way, he's gone as well. Uh, Ames as well, shout out to him for joining us. And last, but by no means least, Matthew, uh, tomorrow evening you are running a post-fight pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: let's fucking get together and talk about this fight when it's done too. We haven't done that for a while. And uh, I and, and like I said, I think the the uh, Dalakayan... Uh, Jimenez fight's going to be really good so I I think we're going to be pumped up and uh, have a lot of good stuff to talk about
6: Uh, you just want to you just want to scoop up the Paul fury views
2: (laughs) yeah I'm going to get that out of the way so Steve doesn't have to deal with it on Sunday because I care because I care
0: Uh, yeah you need need to be time sensitive tomorrow night Matty remember it'll be 1am where we are we need to get the no piss heads on the call you know what the post-fight pods like Yeah, man, if
2: this has as many decisions as that card last week, yeah, you guys are boned, and it just might be me talking to the air like it was on Chicks with Dig before Joe Kennedy joined me.
0: (laughs) There we are. Good stuff. Yeah, I will create the link very shortly and we'll message that out so anybody who wants to join the post-fight pod, you're more than welcome. If you enjoyed the Nutters chats, then patreon.com forward slash Boxing Asylum is the place to join us. Or if you throw in a load of super chats, you can join the WhatsApp Nutters group as well. And you can come on and talk like these boys. Thank you to everybody. We'll catch you again tomorrow evening for the post-fight pod. Then we'll be back for episode 508 on Sunday evening with Matty, also in the hot seat. He's working hard this weekend. I've been Steve Wellings. Catch you all again soon. Thank you and bye.